Welcome to the Breaking Chains podcast, where we are unified in God's word, reaching, teaching, strengthening, and nurturing both those who know Jesus and those who are shackled in bondage, looking for freedom through the blood of Christ. I'm your host, Philip Skeens, here to share with you today what the Lord has put on my heart that will prayerfully help each of you in your own special way. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Breaking Chains podcast. Uh, we've got another first today here, and we are coming at you from the great outdoors in the park here in Austintown, Ohio, enjoying a beautiful, beautiful day of God's creation. Uh, blue skies and uh, a little bit of wind, some chipmunks running around in the woods, and uh, it's, a, it's another first, but uh, I am... Uh, joyed to be uh, doing this podcast today with Delaney Schumacher. How Hello. are you? Hello, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> we have no Robert today, so we're going to party extra hard here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, today we're going to talk about, um, you know, this past Sunday was a special day. Uh, Resurrection Sunday, Resurrection Day that we call Easter. And we're going to talk today about the resurrection. And really the question is, what does Jesus' resurrection mean to me? What does it mean to you? What does it mean? You know, because we've celebrated Easter as far back as you can remember. You know, all the Easter egg hunts and the, the Easter egg baskets and the, the little suits that mom would dress me in and dresses that she would dress my sister in and it's just something we was that we've grown up with right it's right. it's tradition but there's a lot of people that celebrate easter resurrection sunday and they don't really understand what it is and what it does what it did for all of us so today that's what we're going to talk about we have another guest today and uh, hmm, who could it be? <laughs> it's another first. Uh, we're doing a lot of firsts with uh, the breaking chains, and uh, I love it. But uh, we have with us today just me and Delaney and Hannah. Hannah, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, Hannah is a student at Fitch High School, and she is on spring break. And Delaney is a teacher, and she is on spring break. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's enjoying spring break. So what what's fun and exciting during spring break other than just no kids? Honestly, sleeping in. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, teaching is so tiring because, like, you're talking all day and people talk to you all day. Not that I don't love the interaction and socializing with my students and um, my coworkers, but sometimes you just need, like, silence because yeah. it's all in your head for eight hours. And, uh, and then you get to go home and grade papers and yeah, I really try <laughs> not to. Um, obviously, I have to assess students, but I try not to be overwhelming. I don't give homework. I don't believe in homework just personally because they have. I don't know. I'd say in high school for me, like I wanted to do sports and I didn't get home till nine o'clock, and then I had homework. Especially being an elective, it's important, yeah. but at the same time, like I want kids to have 
a life outside of Spanish. Like they don't want to be there. I don't. They don't want to do my homework. Right. They're gonna cheat. <laughs> right. Especially they'll just do Google Translate. So it's like, a, I can't watch what they're doing. Yeah. So. At least you don't give homework. No. I know someone that does. I know. And I keep telling them, stop giving homework. They have lives outside of school. <laughs> like, <laughs> Especially on the weekend. Yeah. And I totally understand because I was in high school not that long ago. He's a little older. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. He's old. Yeah. So. <laughs> old. Robert, when you listen to this, you're old. And in your old ways are to give homework. Yes. Did I ever tell you the story when I went out with Robert for the first time and I found out how old he was? <laughs> <laughs> no. So I didn't know his age and he didn't know my age. And it's not like it's, we're not cougars, but it's just like a, <laughs> right. a difference. You know what I mean? And uh, basically, I thought he was 25 because he looks younger. He does. Right. And he thought I was 25 because he never really met like a 21 year old at that time that was like mature. Right. I guess. I don't know. He says I'm mature. Sometimes I'm not. <laughs> but we both thought we were 25. And I was like, how old are you? And he told me. And he goes, how old are you? And I told him. And I just thought, oh, my goodness, my mom's going to kill me. Like, <laughs> you know. He's not as old as you think he is, mom. No, he's not 50. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah. It's just funny, though. But, you know, it's. And now you two's getting married very soon. Yeah. In like 25 I mean, days. 25 days. Mm-hmm countdown is really on like literally my i have the not.com it's where i do all of my <laughs> my wedding website my registry like everything's on there it's just organized that way and it tells me every day 25 days to go 24 days to go stop telling me this i know and i'm like <laughs> it's like crazy to me like i know it's coming so fast and i'm trying to enjoy the moments now because being bride being a bride is not fun yeah. like especially as the Listen bride to this okay i'm telling you like it's I know I'm going to look back and I'm going to love my wedding day, but it's not fun. The prepping just get a If you're going to have a big wedding, just get a wedding planner. So you don't have to deal with it because it is awful. Yeah, it's awful. Like I've realized you're going to make people mad no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. And like my mom's upset with the seating arrangements. She doesn't <laughs> like them. I'm like, listen, I can't make everyone happy. Like I can't. So. The biggest thing that you'll fail at in life is trying to make everyone happy. Oh, yeah. And it's, I'm a people pleaser. So that's what I'm learning is that you can't make everyone happy. And what matters is, I mean, obviously putting Jesus first. But after yeah. that, it's what Robert and I want at the end of the day. Right. And if it doesn't make people happy, it's going to sound like really brutal. But like, if you don't want to come, then don't come. Yeah. Like, that's fine. You know, I learned that young in my career, my professional career is because I've, I've become a manager of people at a fairly age. I think I was 25, right. 26. And I always try to make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. And, and you keep failing at it because it's impossible. You right. cannot make everybody happy. Right. And, uh, you know, and then I, I learned and I, and I had some great mentors in my early um career and they were like you have to do what's best for the company Mm -hmm. you can't make everybody happy right and you will fail in trying to right you know so get it in your mind now Mm -hmm. that as long as you do what's best for the business and the company and if obviously it's if a a company that you agree with right Right. (laughs) But if it's not, then you're probably not working there anyway. Right. Um, but, yeah, I learned that at a young age. 
All the listeners, listen to the birds in the background. <laughs> they're happy. <laughs> they're, they're happy. We, God makes the birds happy. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just something that you can't do. And uh, then, I, I mean, for like a wedding, you're right. I mean, it's got to be about the bride and the groom. Right. What you want and everybody else has to live with it. Right. It's within reason, yeah. Like... I don't know. It's like I can't worry about if the flat like it's just it's just stupid stuff. Right. It's just like and I I've seen myself do it and like other people do it is my focus like goes from the marriage to the wedding and mm-hmm. stupid things like flowers and what kind of food and all the stuff that's so insignificant like right. that I'm probably not gonna remember. But I'm going to remember, like, the day it was over all the people right. I celebrate with. And I don't know. Like, it's just hard because I can't make people happy. It's just silly things. Like, like I said, the flowers. You know, like the, the thing about it is, and a wedding's supposed to be the most joyous day of right. a bride and groom, right? It's hard because it's been awful. Outside of yeah. coming to Christ. Right. And... There's a random dog, dog. barking at the dog, dog park. So close to the dog park. <laughs> Sparky in the back. <laughs> I love this outdoor setting, though. Yeah. Um, but it's supposed to be such a happy and joyous day, and there's so many families that's torn apart. Oh my god! Yeah. From a wedding. I will say, like, we've had our differences, like from the bridal shower. Right. Um, I wanted something more small and intimate. Other people wanted something like everybody and their brother come I'm like i don't want a small wedding right so there was really a conflict between that and it's just like it really got my focus of like okay you know what like i need to stop worrying about the little right. things like as long as i'm not paying for it i don't right. care <laughs> like do what you want like yeah i mean it's just it's just crazy how you know and it just goes to show you that we live in such an about me right it's look i'll come to this event, whether it's a wedding or a sporting event or a house party, whatever it is, I'll come there as long as you do this for me. Right. And it just shows that the world that we live in is just such an about me world. Mm -hmm. It's like you're supposed to be happy for Mm -hmm. whoever it is. Right. And and let it show. Not, well, I would have been happier if. Right. You know, and it's... All right, um, sorry, we got off subject. I don't know, it's so easy to talk about <laughs> a wedding. Like, <laughs> there's so much. There's a little bit of taste of that, so when that time comes for you, like, take it as you will. I'm here for any advice. You don't have to take it. These are just my opinions. Do what you got to do. I'll be there to support you. Like, <laughs> I got your back. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need somebody to help support you in this. <laughs> you and your mom, kind of on your own. And your oldest sister, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Um, Breaking chains. Uh, We meet every Friday. That's who we are and what we do. We meet. We talk about Jesus. We love the Lord. We love our family, our church family. Um, We love having fun and eating together and laughing together. But we meet every every Friday. Currently uh, at Russ Church, but. as we see today, Friday evenings in the park is going to come yep. soon. In the woods. Pavilion <laughs> back by the dog park. Not sketch at all. <laughs> yes, not, not at all. Um, you know, Saturday morning at Rush Church at 10 a.m. If you're um, 
a man looking for a place to go. We have a men's group, and it is um, unbelievable. Um, seeing salvations in men's group, people coming to Christ. It's just really a deeper level of intimacy with God. And it's great. And then Sunday mornings at Rush, um, every first Sunday of the month potluck. is potluck. Did you like the cookie dough ball we made? I loved it. Or I guess cookie dough log. Cookie dough log, <laughs> yes. I loved it. Daniel liked it too. It's so good. If anyone is listening and wants to make a cookie dough ball and you're like, what is that? <laughs> I promise it's not scary. It's real easy. It takes five minutes. Oh, you scary. add a pack of cream cheese. Forget eight ounces, I think, five ounces, whatever a packet measures out to. Eight. Eight, Yeah. Powdered sugar, brown sugar, chocolate chips, vanilla extract, and butter. Mix it together, add some graham crackers and pretzels, and you're good to go. And you got a cookie dough ball. Oh, so good. Like, I love almost anything with cream cheese, like cream cheese icing or stuff like that, or like the the fruit dip. I mean, cream cheese. It's good. It's so good. I have to have it with some type of flavor. I can't just have it plain on a bagel. Like, I have to have strawberry cream cheese, or if I'm having cream cheese, it has to be mixed in with the dessert, like the cookie right. dough ball. Like, yeah, it just makes so such good food. It's good. Do you like cream cheese? I'm picky about cream cheese. Are you the same way? It has to have a flavor? Similar, yeah. It's kind of, I don't know how to describe it. It's very, I don't know. I don't like the taste of it. I, guess I don't it's like cream bland. cheese on, like, bagels, but, like, crackers, certain mm-hmm. crackers. Yeah, I could get that. Like club crackers and cream cheese is good. Ritz crackers. Yeah, it has to be Ritz because Ritz. my dad works for Nabisco and I'm not allowed to talk about club oh. crackers. <laughs> it's competition, guys. <laughs> Chips Ahoy, Oreos, uh, Ritz, that's it. No Cheez-Its. I can't have Cheez-Its. I used to get in trouble if I, ate a, if I ate a Cheez-It. My dad would get so upset with me. That's competition. Do you want school clothes next year? Yes. Then don't, don't eat them. Again. Then don't eat them. <laughs> So I never did. So every time I, I know he was probably joking, but as a kid being told that, I still haven't eaten like Cheez-Its because I'm afraid. <laughs> That's funny. I'm not going to have school clothes. I'm not going to have work clothes. I'm not going to have. I'm not going to have any clothes to wear. I won't have Christmas presents. <laughs> Dad, can I, can I eat these now? <laughs> no. When he retires, he won't care. He'll be like, go ahead. Do what you got to do. <laughs> All right. Uh... Anything else? Oh, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff this summer. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. We got the ARC interest format. Yes, ARC, uh, which is a creation museum in Kentucky. Uh, Kennywood. Mm-hmm. We're going to do Kennywood. You know what we should do? Okay, so when I was in high school, I know like a long time ago, like four <laughs> years ago. <laughs> yeah, so long ago. <laughs> um, Such a long time. My, we had a, this class, Advantage Gym. It was all for the athletes. It was it was great. They we went canoeing or kayaking, and I was like, okay, that sounds fun. But it was so fun. I never had that much fun in my life. Like it's a lot of fun. I think that would be a fun trip to do. Like go kayaking. That would be a fun trip. That would be a lot of fun. To it's, see people fall in the water. Yeah, it's it's hard. <laughs> kayaking is hard though because unless you learn how to roll it. Yeah. Like if you go over, mm-hmm. it's like. Yeah. It's scary. My friend, she's my maid of honor my wedding. I remember her in high school. Like, she, like this girl, Taryn, pushed her, like, not on purpose, but kind of on purpose, like, to get out of her way. Right. But she didn't mean to, for her to fall in. She fell in. I see her behind me in the water. I'm like, 
oh, I gotta go back. And then I paddle all the way back and I grab her. And then my gym teacher came in and he grabbed the boat before it sunk and she got back in. It was fine. We're good to go. <laughs> Two more miles. <laughs> Two more miles. We're good. Yeah. So it's, uh, it can be scary though. Yeah. But like, a, like, even if it wasn't white, if it, if it wasn't kayaking, like the rafts or tubing. That'd be fun. Tubing's fun too. Yeah. I wish we could. I don't know if you guys like fishing. Like I love, fishing. I love fishing. Like I think that'd be fun to go on like a fishing trip, like do like a charter. Like I'm sure we could get a boat for a day. Oh yeah. And then if we all pitch in, like. Even at that, I mean, even if we did, you know, like mosquito and like. Yeah. I mean, you can get a uh, a pontoon. Yeah, for sure. That'd for, be a fun trip. They're like three or four hundred bucks a day. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cheap when yeah. you get, you know, a bunch of people. I know. Too bad we don't live, like, by an ocean. That would be kind of cool. That would be cool. You know, my dad, in Myrtle, when I was, like, 12, we went to Myrtle Beach, and he took us on a, a fishing charter. I I had fun. My brother hated it. My brother's two years older than me, and you'd think he would like it. He was, <laughs> he was mad because I caught more than him. So <laughs> he was a little salty about that, but it's okay. Yeah, I love fishing. It's a lot of fun. Do you like fishing, Hannah? I love fishing. We should all go to the Columbus Zoo, though. The, the zoo. I've heard a lot of stuff about it, like how it has a oh, lot of stuff. Pretty awesome. We'll have to go. That would be fun, that's especially only if we go uh, two and a half hours away. Oh wait, no, that's that's Cincinnati. I was thinking the wrong city. I was thinking we have to. No, we might, we go through Columbus, don't we, to get to Kentucky? Yes. Yeah. So maybe that could be like on the way back. Yeah, because I think you go from here through Columbus down to Cincinnati and across yeah. uh, the river. Right. That would be fun. We'll put it on the itinerary. <laughs> we'll see which itinerary gets the most votes, and then we'll squeeze the zoo in there somehow. That would be fun. I've always wanted to go. Even if you did it on the way back, that way yeah. people could leave in the morning, get go to the zoo. home if they want to. Yeah. And then people that wanted to stop at the zoo could stop there. I'm I'm for it. <laughs> I got this. Good idea. <laughs> okay. The resurrection. Yeah, what good. does the resurrection mean to me? And um. We're going to talk about arguably the most famous scripture of all, John 3.16. John 3.16. It's (laughs) that song that gets me. (laughs) For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Why? Why did he give his son? So that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. That is the summation of the resurrection. Yes. You know? But it's like people get confused and they don't really know what that means to them. You know, why do I need eternal life? Why do I need Mm -hmm. to believe in Jesus? How do I believe in Jesus? What does it mean? So that's what we're going to talk today. Any uh, comments before we get started? I don't think I'm good. You got anything? I'm good. I'm good. First <laughs> <laughs> Corinthians fifteen forty two. It says, "It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die." But they will be raised to live forever. It's the same way for the resurrection of the dead. 
when we die and decay will be different. When they are resurrected, they will never die. And when we talk about the earthly body versus the resurrected body, the earthly body that we have today is perishable. It's going to return back to the ground, back to the dust, right? The resurrected body is imperishable. So two totally different things there. The earthly body is sown in dishonor. The resurrected body is raised in glory. Earthly body is sown in weakness. Resurrection body is raised in power. The earthly body is natural. The resurrected body is spiritual. And the earthly body is from the dust. And the resurrected body is from heaven. From heaven. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost, as we used to call it in the old, old days, but people get freaked out about the ghost, so it's the Holy <laughs> Spirit. <laughs> you know, it's from heaven. And uh, it's just amazing to think about that Jesus would come here to this world in the form of a man. He was 100% man and 100% God. Live the life here on earth going through all that he went through just to die a brutal death and be raised again for you and me and everybody listening. What a gift. What more, could, what more could you ask for? What more could, could a person hope for than an eternal body that never faces suffering again, never faces death, never faces brokenhearted? All the things that we go through in life so we talked about it all ago, right? The division, mm -hmm. the separation, those pains, never again, was one in the resurrection. You want to share? Um, I just think that our spiritual bodies, when we are raised we will be able to uh, dwell in the perfect light and the grace and everything of the Lord mm -hmm. and never be able to feel the pain. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. And that dwelling is in a, in a body that's not confined to time. Mm -hmm. Forever. We don't really comprehend forever because, you know, we say, I love you forever. Like, yeah, but there's an end. There's an end to that, right? Right. We don't really comprehend in this mind, in this body, what forever really means. Really means. Even like, yeah. Just think how far away, like two thousand years ago, was. Yeah. And that doesn't even scratch the surface. Mm -mm. 
of how what the meaning of forever means not at all but i'd like to add something actually i was at hobby lobby today (laughs) and i love hobby lobby (laughs) and so i found these signs that we're going to use for our wedding and uh one of the signs actually that you're speaking about it i had found the verse that it's on it's from song of solomon and it kind of what you're talking about kind of reminded me of that and so i'll read it so the verse that i bought the sign from uh, <laughs> is from Song of Solomon 3, verse 3. Um, but it says here, I will rise now and go about the city in the streets and in the squares. I will seek him who loves, who my soul loves. I sought him, but found him not. The watchmen found me as they were about in the city. Mm. Have you seen him whom my soul loves? And for me, that really sticks out because it doesn't say the one that I love. Right. It says the one that my soul loves. Right. And... You cannot love without Jesus, like no. because He is love. It says that in the Bible, and you know nowadays it's like, oh, I love you, but your flesh loves you, or you think you do, and your mind loves you, but right. you do not have that love if you do not have Jesus. Like you could say that, right. but you don't have it, and so I just like it. It really stuck with me because your soul comes from the Lord, and. You know, for me, that kind of made me think, like, that's why our bodies don't go to heaven. Right. Because our bodies are evil and flesh and is sin. But our soul come and our spirit comes from him. And mm-hmm. he's perfect and perfected. And that's why we're able to love. And that's why I believe that it was written like that. Yeah. And, and you said a good point there is Jesus, God, he doesn't have love. Mm-hmm. He is correct love. Right. And that's a big difference right. in what you are right. and a characteristics that you have. Right. You know, and, and I also like what you said because he says, he says, you know, you can love, mm-hmm. right? Because he first loved you. Correct. So I'll ask you guys a question. Like, how would you know? If somebody loved you, what kind of actions like describe the love a person has for you? Like, how would you know somebody loved you? Well, I think that's it. Their actions. Right. Right. The actions always will speak louder than words because you can tell me you love me. But if I don't see it. Right. And you don't show me. Right. Then you don't really love me. Right. Because your actions don't show it. Right. Do you agree with that? I agree. I think it. Also, like what you said before, you have to have Jesus in you right. and with you in order to love someone. Right. Absolutely. And I was, uh, you know, Sherry and Bernie. Mm-hmm. I was meeting with Sherry today. We had coffee and she she's great. I love how like we could take any uh, conversation and she makes it biblical and I love it. And she was talking about when she put in context what the love that poured out for us, what that truly means. Mm-hmm. She was saying where Jesus was beaten and he was unrecognizable. Yes. And he had to transport himself carrying that cross, not down five feet, mm-hmm. it, a long way. Miles. Miles. And uphill. Uphill, <laughs> carrying a cross, beaten, unrecognizable. All these things in each ounce of blood that poured out for us. How is that not love? And that just like, like it's astounding to me to see that. 
the love he had for us and people still don't see right. what love is you know here i'm gonna give you a nice valentine's day gift here i love you i'm gonna give you a card right. that's great but anyone could do that mm-hmm. you know but could you but you can also do that and not really love the person right right Oh, for sure. Anybody can write on a, a card and say, you know, I'm going to be nice today. <laughs> I'm going to say I love you. Yeah. And here's this card. Right. I've been, you know, I've been told by people like, love mm. you. Right. You know, all these things. But if they don't show it, like, how would you know that? You know? And that's what I always love about, you know, when we talk about this subject and Saudi's around, right? Right. It's a, it hits an emotional string with him because. For sure. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> he always says, look, if you say you love me. Show it. Don't tell me. Just do it. Yeah. Just show me. Yeah. You know, and it's such a words without action mm-hmm. are just words. Right. So you can show you love someone just by simple things. Right. Jesus isn't asking us to go get beaten and have our blood pour out for our family mm-hmm. members. That's not what he's asking us to do. It just to us that seems like so hard to do. Right. Or just so insignificant compared to what the Lord has done for us. I was reading... Um, the, the crucifixion, uh, I think on Saturday, the day before Easter. And right before Jesus died, right, he said, I'm thirsty. Mm-hmm. And he said he was thirsty. He wanted something to drink. And there was, um, it depends on which translation, right? But there was some jars of sour wine mm-hmm. or some call it vinegar right right and they they put the sponge in it and held it to his mouth but the reason that he said i'm thirsty mm-hmm. was to fulfill the prophecy mm-hmm. that was prophesied that they would feed him drink him right. um the the vinegar mm-hmm. and when they when as soon as he tasted it as soon as he tasted it it's when he said the words it is finished. Mm. What was finished? All the prophecy leading up to the death mm-hmm. of the Savior was finished. And now it's going to be the new. Right. Right. So all that was done. But it is finished. Was for us because now we can be saved by his blood Mm. that was shed on Calvary at the cross it is finished and I and I never really read I never really paid attention to as soon as he tasted the vinegar or the wine that prophecy was fulfilled and as soon as he tasted it he said it is finished and he he died and i want to read a little bit about um in first corinthians chapter 15 because it's a great um portrayal of the resurrection and uh 1524 this is where, where I read from. It says, from the NLT version, translation. After that, the end will come. Let, let me go back a little bit. Um, 
15:21. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. That's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. And I think it's, that's very important. Everyone who belongs to Christ. When do you belong to Christ? It's when we give our life right. to him. And we accept him as the Lord and Savior of our life and our master. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ, again, there it is. And then all that belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. After that, the end will come. When he will turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. And then I want to skip over to um, verse 45, chapter 15. The scriptures tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. Life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body. Then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man. Heavenly people are like the heavenly man. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. And this is uh, verse 50. What I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. The flesh cannot inherit what God has promised. What was given to us through the resurrection of eternal hope and eternal life. But it's important that we talk about if we belong to Christ because it's not for everybody it is for everybody but you only have it mm-hmm. it's conditional right it's open for everyone who will receive it i feel like some of that goes back to what delaney was talking about earlier on how our heavenly bodies will differ very mm-hmm. like a lot from our earthly bodies given that our spiritual bodies will never age never die never decay never Mm -hmm. decompose any of that Mm -hmm. because we don't physically go to heaven we spiritually go to heaven right right 
I think it's a good point. Because our heavenly bodies will be perfect. Like, perfect. Perfect. Mm -hmm. I can't... You know... Yeah. You know yes. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And glorified by God. Absolutely. Yeah, and... Uh, John 14, 3. When everything is ready, I will come and get you. So that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. <laughs> the way was the cross. It is finished. And... It's just, it's just when we think about, wow, he did that for me. It's just hard to imagine. <laughs> it is. It's like, why me? Basically. Right. It's like, why am I special? Why was I chosen? And I don't know, it gives me the confidence to do his work because he's perfect and he, he says that I'm called to do something you know I should listen to perfection before my, my flesh right you know but you know if we listen to our flesh and, and that's where we have to really get to right is when we don't bow down to the flesh mm -hmm. um, and we raise up the spirit <clears throat> within us and become holy and acceptable to the Lord. Right. I like what you said earlier about, you know, <clears throat> God is love and God is holy and righteous. Mm -hmm. He's the most holy um, of holies. And to think that this body could ever entertain being in the presence of a holy God that's why no one's ever seen him. Right. You know? And he told Moses when Moses said, you know, I want to see you, more mm -hmm. or less, I'm paraphrasing. Right? He says, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll hide you in the cleft of a rock. Right. And when I pass by, you can see mm -hmm. my backside. Right. You know, just to think how holy that God is. Right. Reminds me of like this TikTok sound. Maybe you know this one. <laughs> someone says, how do you know that God exists? And someone says, well, God is like the wind. Have you I heard know. that one? Yeah, I've heard that one. It's, uh, you hear the wind, you feel the wind, you know what's there, but can you see the wind? Mm -hmm. Like the wind's blowing right now, I see the leaves moving. How do you know? It's like the spirit, you know? Like you know what's there because you can feel it. And that, like, I had, like, a verse to kind of go with that. It's Hebrews eleven six, and it says, He who comes to God must believe that he is. Absolutely, yeah. Because we must believe that he is everything and that he just doesn't exist. Right. right. How can you believe in the wind, but you can't believe in Jesus, you know? Right. Because you know, witnesses say, and we know and believe in that because witnesses have been there, and we feel the Lord, and we know what uh, he has done for us in our lives. That we know he exists and we know he's out there and he loves us and cares for us and we have a, a future and um, 
a plan that he has sought out for us. Yeah, and, you know, believing, Mm -hmm. you know, the old saying is seeing is believing. Mm -hmm. But that's so culture. I mean, that's so, it's like, no. Right, Dominic Thomas said that. (laughs) Right, believing is believing. Right. That reminds, that reminds me of the Santa Claus movie mm-hmm. when the part the uh, elf elf goes like believe in a seeing but then seeing is believing and it's like that's good yeah that like reminded me of that yes absolutely and that's what the world wants you to think nowadays is you have to see it to believe it mm-hmm. and you know might be some cases for certain things like in courts of law like you have to see the evidence right. to believe it right but it doesn't work like that spiritually. No. You know, and people say, well, I love God. But, and I think, Hannah, you said it earlier. You say you mm-hmm. love God. Right. But if you truly love God, then you follow mm-hmm. what he says to follow. Right. Or you try to, at least. Because, yeah. I mean, there's times where... I was, again, I was having this conversation with Sherry today where I struggle is, and maybe a lot of people out there can relate, is I don't want to do the wrong thing, but I do sometimes. Like, we all sin. We all do. And every time I sin, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. (laughs) And I have to give myself a little bit of grace. You know, I can't say, oh, it's okay. Like, you know, a little slap on the wrist. Like, you want to try to do better when you're a believer, like, when you mess up. You're able to push your pride down and say, you know what? I messed up. I have to confess that or I'm not going to grow. And if I'm not going to grow, then am I really loving God? Right. You know, and so that's where I struggle is when I mess up. I'm really hard on myself. But I think that's where we have to understand that um, 1 Peter uh, 1.15. He says, but as he who called you is holy, Mm -hmm. right? Right. But he he who called you is holy. You also be holy in all your conduct, mm-hmm. because it is written, "Be holy, for I am holy." Right. And and that's where we have to understand what what does holy mean? Right. It doesn't mean being sinless, because if that's the case, then we all fail. Right. Um, and we have no hope. Right. But being holy, a, a holy life is not. It doesn't mean that I'm going to live a perfect and sinless life. But what it does mean is that you have a genuine, heartfelt desire, mm-hmm. right, an attempt to be obedient to a holy God. Right. And, and we have to do that to the best of our ability. So that ability can only come mm-hmm. with his help. Absolutely. And I think that comes in stages, too. Like, if you're a new believer, yes. like, recognition is, in my opinion, the first step. Like, you recognize when something's wrong. And step two is actually taking the actions to sought out to yes. to do better. And as you consistently do better, it's going to become a habit. Like one of the sins that I struggled with was my language. Like I would, when I was in college, I dropped F-bombs every right. five words. And I can't tell you the last time I said an F-word. Right. Like, and that's not because I've just decided, no, oh, okay, I'm not going to do it anymore. It's because I know what that has done to me and where right. that's taking me by letting unwholesome talk come out of my mouth. And, you know, I thank Robert for that because he keeps me accountable for that. And like I said, I am very careful what comes out of my mouth. And am I perfect? No. Sometimes you get a couple things that come out. But 
at the same time, like I look at the progress that I've made, I've recognized the wrongdoing. Right. I'm taking the action to do it. And I would say the more that I continuously, um, st- like whatever helps, like in terms of watching certain TV shows that mm-hmm. are going to keep me accountable and the music I listen to and the people I hang right. around that has helped tremendously. And I would say since college, I don't hang out with some of the people that I hang out right. with, not calling them, not judging. It's just, you need to hang out with people who are going to give you encouragement and want the best for you and want you to grow. But I think when you, when you say, you know, when you come to a cross and you make a commitment to right. serve God, right. right? Then the Holy Spirit gives mm-hmm. you the conviction, oh, right. I should have done that. Right. Right. And then, and then you work on, mm-hmm. okay, I don't want to do that again. Right. But I'm not perfect good. yet. Right, right. Right. But if the next thing I do, right, you're going to have that conviction. It's like, oh, I shouldn't have done and that. Eventually it's going to hurt enough because you love that. God. Exactly. Right. right. So the more that, the more that you, that you follow in Christ mm-hmm. after you come, you know, accept Jesus and the more that you make a commitment to serve God. Right. The more the Holy Spirit works on you because mm-hmm. there's a the commitment there. Right. To be holy and acceptable to a living God. Right. And and the Holy Spirit will give you that conviction. The problem is, is when the the Spirit convicts us and we just say, eh, no big deal. Right. Right? I know. Yeah. Over, <laughs> over and over and over and over again. Right? And then it's like, okay, that means I haven't really made a conscious effort Correct. to be holy and acceptable and follow God. Right. And, and, and it's two different things. I think a lot of times, too, people use God as an insurance policy. Oh, absolutely. Where they say, well, if he really died on the cross to me and my sins are forgiven, I could do whatever I want. But it doesn't work like that. Well, that's, that's, I mean, there's people that teach that, right? Right. Because they don't teach about sin right. in and the Bible and a just God. Right. If you're with God, you should be for God, you know? Absolutely. That's where I, that's where I, that's kind of where I started a while ago and I got kind of like off track easy for me to do is when you say you love God right. and I'm going to follow God and I'm going to, to do my best, but my actions right. don't align with my words. Right. Then it's just, I don't really love God. Right. And the best part is like, you could, you could tell someone like I could say, love you guys. But like, unless I show what you don't know, the difference is the Lord knows your heart. Absolutely. Right. Like you can, he knows when you're lying to you. He knows your feelings. And that actually gives me comfort too, because there's things where I call, I, I like to consider myself an honest person, but if someone doesn't believe me, well, guess what? I right. don't need to prove anything to you because right. the Lord knows my heart, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, that's also a good thing for us as believers is when we are doing our best, the Lord can see that, you know? And, uh, he wants us to do our the best that we can. He's not looking for us to be perfect. Like he knows we're going to mess up right. because you know, we're not Jesus. It's a great example to have. And when we do mess up, we just have to repent and ask for forgiveness and he'll give it to us 70 times seven, right. you know, I feel yeah. like sin can be like so easy <clears throat> to be like tempted by yeah, and everything. And a lot of people block out the conviction side mm-hmm. of the sin because they don't want to deal with the like, pain or like the the worry of the f- conviction right that will occur right. well and, and, and that's true too. 
and I, and I truly firmly believe that because of what you just said, that's why people don't want to obey God right. is because or they don't want to follow God because they know if they do, they are going to be held to certain standards. Right? right. And yeah, I'm sorry. There are certain standards that you right. have to follow. Even as teachers, we have to follow standards. Absolutely. Because you have to give an education. But, but even as students, you have yeah, standards. Absolutely. But the people, you know, again, we talked about it earlier is the about me. It's, you know, well, I, I would, I would be a Christian if I could continue doing what I do. Right. Well, you can't. Right. Because it's sinful. Correct. And that goes back to like kind of what I brought up a little bit earlier is what the Lord, what Jesus has done for us tremendously trumps what we have to do for him. What all he's asking for us, you know, is to try to do our best and to turn to him and Mm -hmm. turn from our, our evil ways towards him. And people act like that's, and I'm guilty of it too, because I'm not saying, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but the difference is for those who are not believers, they purposely do the wrong thing because it's hard, right? but they don't want the sacrifice and they don't want the reward. You know, what comes at the end, what the Lord has promised us for being a believer right? because it's, it's too hard. Um, you think what he did was easy? Like look at the insignificance mm. of what you're struggling with, of what he struggled with. Right. And yeah, it's it's just an example to put. Like, I mean, we 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 say, you know, I'm carrying the whole world on my shoulders. Right. Well, he did. But he literally, <laughs> literally did. did. Yeah. Right. Not just that, the cross too. <laughs> like, I mean, on top literally, of that. every person. Right. He carried on his shoulders, up the hill on a cross, like mm-hmm. you said earlier, the gruesome, brutal death, bleeding every step of the way. And, and we get caught up in. In, in our wants and our, our earthly desires, it's like, well, you know, the Bible, first of all, is the Bible is 100% truth. Right. It's proven. It's historical. You know, so if it's true, mm-hmm. which it is, right. then you can't depict parts of it out that you don't want to listen to it say listen to oh it that's good too. i want people to love me and treat me as i should be treated but, but i don't want to treat them the way that they should be treated right? because i exactly. don't want to yeah 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 you know, I, I feel like some non-believers taunt believers absolutely yeah absolutely. and be like i'll do this but you could go do that right absolutely you know it's the it's the pick and choose it's the mm-hmm. grocery store um belief system and look it, it, it plainly tells us over and over and over, there should be no other gods above me, right? right? The one holy God. Right. <laughs> well, let's define that a little bit because it all goes back to the love, right? Mm-hmm. It's what you love is where you spend your time. If you love God and you love, you, first of all, you can't love God you can't separate God, his word, the Bible, and Jesus, right? Because they're all one. Right. The word was God. The word was with God. So you generally spend your time with what you love. I mean, if you and Robert were dating, mm-hmm. you know, 
And he said, you know, Delaney, I, I really do love you. Mm-hmm. But he never spent time with you. <laughs> I mean. I feel like, who are you? <laughs> right? Yeah, it'd be weird. It'd be weird, right? Yeah. It's like, I, How I love you. How can you love me if you don't know me? I want to get married to you. Right. I'm just, I'm just sorry. I'm really busy. He just wants my money. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm poor. <laughs> I, I, but but we, we spend our time with what we love. For, for sure. So You make time for that. So therefore, if anything that we put mm-hmm. above God, right, we love more than God. Yeah, and I guess I didn't think of it like that. Like, I would say the church I went up, grew up to, like they really didn't teach scripture. Right. Like, I don't think I knew a Bible verse coming out out of that church. And I went to that church since I was literally baptized there. My parents were <laughs> married there. I don't even remember one Bible verse. And I'm not dissing the minister. He's a great guy. Right. Just. Me being Methodist, it's just not for me. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not the denomination for me. No judgment for those who are Methodist. But for me, um, oh my goodness, I lost my train of thought. What did you just say? <laughs> I really had something. <laughs> About we, we spend our time with what we love, right? Right. And if we, if we spend our time loving something other than God, right, then... Oh, okay. I know what I was going to say. Now. Thanks for the reminder. Right. I think then, the enemy is getting that, in my head. Then, then that, that is a sin unto God, right? Yeah. Well, like one of the things that they taught us, like pre-confirmation being confirmed at this church is the Ten Commandments, right? Mm-hmm. You sh- thou shall not lie to my mother and father. Mm-hmm. You know, respect your mother and father and thou shall not lie. Thou shall not seal. Things like that. But when you look it into a context of you're putting your phone, social media, before reading your Bible. Mm-hmm. Is that worshiping and putting God first? Because it, it calls you to do that. So I can say, I love God. I love God more than anyone, but I'm giving Robert more time than the Lord, or mm-hmm. I'm giving my parents more time than the Lord, or I'm giving my phone and social media more times. Then do I really love the Lord more than those things? And that is something that I guess I didn't put into context until like talking about it and going to rush now, right. you know, they like, I memorized the 10 commandments, but I don't really know what those mean in the context. Right. And, and a lot of people don't, right. Right. And, and a lot of people memorizing. don't know that the 10 commandments, right. Was the moral law. Right. Because if you look at the 10 commandments, if you live by those, you're a pretty moral person. Right. Right. Not stealing, not lying. Not cheating. Yeah, but atheists do that. But wait, God, what makes them go to right? heaven, right? Like right. <laughs> you would. But but the moral law, right, was the Ten Commandments, because in the old time, when the Ten Commandments was written and given to Moses to write on the tablets, right, mm. this is the way you should live. Right. Well, we all fail that. Mm-hmm. We all fail the moral law. We've all failed it since day one of right. birth. We're not perfect. But Jesus came to fulfill it in Matthew to 5. To fulfill it, right. right? Right. And to, that we can, so we had the moral law and he came to fulfill it so that we can be cleansed from our faults of not mm-hmm. abiding by the, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try because that right. is the moral law. Right. I mean, are you a good person? Well, yeah, I want to be. Yeah. How many lies do you have? Have you told? How many things have you stolen? How many things have you coveted? Right. How many th- times have you looked with lust? How many times right. have you just said it, right? P- 
put my phone or social media creating an idol right. or God above God. Right. A God, lowercase g, above God. Right. Right? Well, we fail. Mm -hmm. So Jesus came to say, to pardon us of our, from sinning and breaking the moral law. And, um, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. Right. Is, well, yeah, the Ten Commandments, that was for Old Testament people. No. That is the way we should live today. Right. Because it clearly defines don't murder. Right. That's <laughs> right? Like a no-brainer right there. I mean, no-brainer. It's all good. I mean, the Ten Commandments are very clearly written of if you abide by these ten laws, mm -hmm. you're going to be a, a moral person. Right. Whereas if you break these, and some of them's far more severe mm -hmm. to us, but they're all severe to God mm -hmm. because he said, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. Right. Yeah. I know, uh, I remember in eighth grade, we had this like fundraiser and there's this kid, his name was Aaron Cross. Ironic because he did not <laughs> believe in God wow. and his last name was Cross. Um, and he made it very blatantly obvious that I don't believe in God. I don't go to church. God hates me. All these things. And I remember we had this fundraiser and he worked with his dad in the summertime, like got paid under the table. He donated eight, $80 to this fundraiser as an eighth grader. And the teachers made this huge deal about it, about what a good person he is. Is he a bad person? I mean, we're all bad, but was that a good action? Absolutely. Right. That is awesome, you know, to give generously, it says in the Bible. But does that get you to heaven? <laughs> Nope. To be a good person and to do good things. <clears throat> the only way you get to heaven is because the Lord has graciously that's right. saved us. And that's that's the important thing that so many people don't know, right? Right. You can't be good enough. Right. You can't do enough good things right. to give this earthly right. body up and, re -get, and get a heavenly body, right? Right. The resurrected body. And Hannah said it earlier, right? The the resurrected body that lives forever, there's only one way to get it. Right. And that's through Christ. Absolutely. And I see a lot of even Christians and people at the church, there's a lot of people out there that think they have to earn mm. it. Like, I got to prove to God that I'm a good person. I got to go make it right with this person. I need to go say this to this person. I need to go tell this person I'm praying for them. I need to give them 50 bucks or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, but that, that's not getting you to heaven. Those are great you can't, things. That's great. And that you should do those things because of that's what the Lord would want you to do. Mm -hmm. And again, those are things that he calls you to do. And you follow those things that he calls you to do because he is the way. Right. You know, he's the example. You do those things to be more like him each day to glorify him, not to get your way into heaven. Right. So if you're looking to get your way into heaven and to earn it, it's only through Jesus. Yes. That's it. And I feel like it all goes back to believe in everything in him like what he says his promises that he'll never change and all of that absolutely yeah yeah he's the never changing god and you know i think we talked about it last week um in breaking change or the week before because we didn't have it last week oh yeah because of the uh good friday service but we we talk about you know we often question god where where are you mm-hmm why am I not feeling you? Why Why are you not answering my prayer? Where are you? Why are you not talking to me? And God says, I'm here. You're just not looking. 
the, the correct way. Because so. he's a never-changing God. Right. I know. And that's, we, that's when hard to we, if, if there's a gap between us and God, yeah. it is not him. Right. It's, it's because us. we have moved away. Right. We have changed directions. Right. He's never changing. He's always there. Right. And it's like what I said about the um, people blocking out that side, mm-hmm. like muffling the noise mm-hmm. from him. So I have a family member, when I say she has no one, like she doesn't get along with any of her siblings. She doesn't talk. She had seven siblings. Some are deceased, but... She doesn't get along with any of them. So she's really struggling with this skin condition. Um, I'm not sure what it calls it, what it's called, but it has something to do with your autoimmune. It's an autoimmune right. disease. Um, and she gets like these patches that burn. It's almost like, what do you call it? The chicken, it comes from chicken pox. What is it? Uh, shingles. Yes. It's so similar to that, but they don't go away. And she's been going to this doctor on and off. And she's been going for probably four or five years trying to get this condition. No one was able to diagnose her. Someone finally did. And um, they won't go away. And um, I know the Lord works because when I say this person, like, hates everybody, she, uh, trying to remember what happened a couple summers ago, like, what the whole incident was. She got really upset with me about something. Like, I didn't call her or something at a certain time, and she was waiting for me, and she was upset with me. And, you know, a phone goes two right. ways. And um, she called me, and she told me off. And the Lord gave me uh, 1 Corinthians 5. It talks about sexual... Um, relations defiles the church right. and i look into more context of what that was and it's talking about believers and associating with non-believers and it talks about what happens and what you should do to handle conflict with non-believers and it says don't even eat with such a one don't associate with such a one and let me take care of them mm-hmm. and so all i did was pray and he gave me that verse and i prayed for her and she never apologizes right <laughs> She called me the next day and she said, I want to apologize for how I talk to you. Wow. And I knew right there, oh my goodness, the Lord is listening and he's working. Right. And I know there's hope for her and I just keep praying for her. And in as a Christian, you know, we're going to go through suffering and everybody goes through it, whether you're a Christian, non-Christian, a Jew, mm-hmm. Muslim, you're going to go through suffering. Now, as a Christian, you are able to take that suffering and you're able to take those trials and those tribulations and you can turn it into something good and hopeful because the Lord gives us through those sufferings hope. Non-believers, when they go through that suffering, there's no hope on the end. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. It goes to darkness. But as, as Christians, when we go through those sufferings, there is hope on the end and there's life after that. And I think that's what it takes as a mature Christian is to look at the hardships that we encounter and what the the world does to us and what the earth does to us and not what the Lord does to us because he offers us so much greater. Right. You know? Yeah. Generally, I'm an old guy now, right? I've been around a while. Um, the people, generally, yeah. saying, the people that always point the fingers at someone else mm-hmm. or the people that always complain and allow us about you know what's happening to them right is because they like to take the focus off of themselves internally to themselves right right Mm -hmm. because they know again the holy spirit right right is the convictor of hearts Mm -hmm. and when the holy spirit convicts people 
it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. When it convicts me, it's uncomfortable. When it convicts all of us, it's uncomfortable. But when we are in Christ and we're striving to be, you know, holy, mm-hmm. and and that image of Christ that we're called to be, um, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And and it's usually the fun. people <laughs> yeah. no right. But usually the people, mature Christians, mm-hmm. like you said, right? Mature believers in Christ, because the word Christians just kind of made a mockery, but true believers in Christ that's that's maturing, right? They understand it. Right. Just what we talked about a while ago. And then they, we try to do better. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll do better. Okay. Try to do better. But when you're not a believer in Christ and you have those convictions, it's like, well, who can I point out to get this focus off of me internally? It's your fault. Right? Right. It's God's fault. Yes. It's it's everybody else's fault except for right. your own. And you're only hurting yourself. You Absolutely. Know? Like my family member, there's times she'll talk to me and she'll talk about dead family members. She'll talk about my grandma and say, like, she did this. And she'll talk about my uncle. He did that. And he said this to me. Can you believe that? And they've been deceased for, like, five years. I'm like, I don't understand it. I'm trying to, like, comprehend around my head around it. Like, you're only hurting yourself. And mm-hmm. I've explained them, like... You know that they can't, I mean, they can hear you, but the Lord hears you, but you know that you're not hurting them. If that's what you're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. and you want to get the hurt off of you, you can't pass it to them. Right. They're, they're with gone. the They're gone and they're deceased <laughs> and they're with the Lord if they have given their life to Christ, which I believe they have. And, you know, they don't feel any pain anymore. So if you want them to feel pain, they're in heaven. They're busy right, right now. Like... <laughs> You're only hurting yourself, and you're only driving a wedge between you and God. Yeah. You know, you're not helping yourself or your situation. Yeah. I I feel like a lot of non-believers typically, like, tell believers, well, if God is real, why would he put me in this situation? Right. Why would he do this to me? Yeah. And it's hard, too, because as Christians, like, we can put the same question back and say, well, do you know that I go through suffering too? Just because mm-hmm. I'm a Christian doesn't mean I go through suffering. I don't go through suffering. Like we all do. Look, there's none of us can talk about suffering. Right. Because this, what we're talking about today is mm-hmm. the one that suffered, the suffering of suffering. Absolutely. Yeah. And and he did it for all of us. So Absolutely. look, situations, we, we've all been through them. There's a lot of people that's in a lot tougher situations than that I ever dreamed about, right? Right. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. Right. And and God can turn and does turn all situations into glory that's if right. we choose to let him. And yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's really ironically it's it's hard to explain if you're you know, you're not a Christian or you're a new believer. It's when I was 17, I went on a mission trip. Like I told you, that's where I, I gave mm-hmm. my, my life to Christ. It was in a mission trip at 17 years old. And a week prior, my cousin passed away from leukemia. I've seen my cousin suffer. And at 16, he was diagnosed um, with leukemia. And so that was in 20... I don't remember the exact year, but it doesn't matter right now for the story. He had passed away a week before going on this mission trip. Right? And... That's a whole other story I could share about how I gave my life to Christ, but it made it really changed my perspective. I was so in a need for God at that time. Right. So when I went on this trip, 
I, I didn't know where to turn. And I turned to Christ and I saw what my situation that I was so weak and I just needed something to fulfill me. And the Lord was able to do that for me. Right. And not even that a month later, my grandma passed away. And then not even that my uncle passed away some months after. So I lost three family members, close family members, not just like that second cousin from Florida. It was my cousin, my first cousin that our families were close. We did every holiday together. You know, we were so involved with them, my grandma and then my uncle. And it was just for most people, you know, like that my family member, she's really struggling with that because she lost not just her mom. She lost her brother. And instead of she internalized that and puts the hurt onto other people to make herself feel better, not saying I'm better than her, but my perspective on it is those three deaths really were the catalyst that made me become a stronger and more mature Christian because I was able to look at that suffering and say, look who I am today and what the Lord has done for me. And during that suffering and those hardships and those trials, it really gave me the perseverance to become a stronger Christian and to glorify the Lord in that. And how can you glorify the, the, the Lord in that? Well, my grandma's funeral, I was able to read a poem that she wrote. Right. And in that, I felt her presence and I was able to keep her Bible and I was able to keep so many memories from her and, and just thank the Lord for what he has done for me and the time I was able to have with her. Instead of looking at like you took away my grandma or my uncle or my cousin, it was, Lord, thank you so much for the time you have given me with these people. My grandma lived until she was 92. She had a very long life, you know? And I know she's right next to right. the Lord right now. But but I think uh, Pastor Jill said it um, Sunday, right, in mm-hmm. service. It's how it's perception. Absolutely. Right. It's either half glass full or half glass empty. Right. And losing someone, especially that you're close to, is never easy. Oh no. When I lost my father and my sister. Um, extremely tough times. Mm-hmm. Still today. Right. Um, years later. But here's the here's the reality. Death is inevitable. Right, it's going to happen. Maybe not when you're ready for it, but are you ever going to be ready for you're it? You're never going to be no. ready for it. And, and I don't care. <clears throat> I watched my grandmother g- suffer through cancer, and she lost. Uh, they took her arm off mm. at the elbow, right? Right. And she lived for years, but but we knew that the time was nearing. Right. But it doesn't make it any easier. No. Whether you know somebody is is close to dying and they pass away, or you watch them deteriorate and right. they pass away, or if they just right. pass away tomorrow. I would it's, say, yeah. It's, it's, it's still never easy. Right, It's absolutely. still very difficult. But but the death in this life is inevitable. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. But... We can't be mad at God because if we think back through history, right? His goal when he created man out of the dust of the earth mm-hmm. and breathed life into the nostrils of that man was never to die. Right. Was to always live forever. And man sinned. It was ruined. And ruined it, right? So... We can't blame God for for that. We're all Adam. (laughs) We blame man. Right. 
but we're thankful mm -hmm. that we have Jesus Christ that died and three days later rose again. Right. So that we can have that life forever. Right. But this this body's dying. Absolutely. From the from the time that it's birthed mm -hmm. into this world, it's dying. Absolutely. Do you, don't you just love like in just in life in general, like just getting a second chance. Yes. You know, and I can even use this with my students. <clears throat> I'm not sure if they're thankful or not. It's okay. When I have a student <laughs> that cheats, I like to give a second chance because I don't really want them right. to do that. And I want to show that, you know, I care about your learning, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I care about. I'm not going to hold that against you. We're not going to do that, but I'm going to give you a second chance to show what you actually know. Right. right? The Lord didn't have to give us a second chance. Nope. He could have just said, here you go, Adam and Eve. Oh, you messed up? Well, that's your fault. That's on you. I gave you the first chance. Yep. You blew it. But instead of that, he promised us eternal life through Jesus Christ and gave us a second chance. And not to mention, we didn't have to encounter that suffering. Right. Jesus did that for us. Yeah. So that's even better, <laughs> right? And, and here's the thing about that is God, that set the plan in motion mm -hmm. because at that moment when that happened, and he cursed Satan, mm -hmm. right? And he said, I'm going to put enmity between your seed and her seed. Mm -hmm. That was the plan for Jesus Christ to become man on the earth. Right. So at that moment, at that very moment, mm -hmm. there was going to be a savior come. Right. That would save the world from that sin. Right. That caused the destruction of mankind. Right. And there's, I mean, there's so many stories in the Bible of how we all, like David is a, I love the story of David, yes. right? He was, if you look at some of the sins that he has done, it makes you feel pretty good about yourself, yeah. <laughs> honestly. Um, but I mean, it's not that God didn't care, but God still saw something in him. Mm -hmm. He said, you know what? Turn from those ways. I got something so much better for you. Yeah. And, and look at Saul. I mean, yeah, the, the, persecuting the the man that wanted Christians. to kill Christians, every Christian, Came and do of, away yeah. with the church. That God, you know, Jesus come and met him on the road, right? Um, and said, you know, because you have done this, you know, you're not going to see, right? You know, and then I mean, just to think of that guy that wanted to kill all the Christians to be changed. Mm -hmm. And the man that he became for Christ right. that wrote all of the, you know, all these books that he wrote to give us instruction on how to live. I mean, you know, okay. I mean, if, if God did that, Jesus did that for him, I guess, you know, right. I guess I'm not half bad. Right. <laughs> and it just shows no matter what you do, that that doesn't mean that the Lord's ever going to stop loving you. No. He's not going to agree with everything you do. Nope. Of course not. Like, God you know, that's why will always love. No matter what. Everyone. Right. Everyone that's listening, everyone that hears this, God loves you. Right. He proved his love. Mm -hmm. He still loves. But God hates sin. Right. And that's the difference. Right. He loves you, but he hates sin. 
because why does he hate sin? Because it drives a wedge between us and him. Yes. And he wouldn't hate it if if he didn't love us. Because God is so holy that he can't stand sin. Absolutely. Right? Nothing with sin could be in his presence. Mm-hmm. So when we when we want to praise God, we have to Mm-hmm. We, we have to go before him and say, Lord, I know I messed up. You know, forgive me of my sins. And I, I'm saying this as a believer, right? I've already given Christ my life. And, and I want to serve every day for Jesus because he's my Lord and Savior. But I mess up too, mm-hmm. right? We're not perfect. Oh, right. But, you know, I have to come before God and say, Lord, I messed up. Right. Forgive me. I don't want to do it again. Right. But I can't I can't ask to come into his presence. Mm -hmm. His presence is always there. I need to enter into it. Mm -hmm. Right. But I can't unless I've been asked, you know, wash me clean for these impure thoughts, for this impure thing I did, for this thing I said, for this thing, whatever it is. Right. Right. I have to go and it's a continual shaping and molding. Right. It's not just the cliche one and done right you know we have to continue in the things that he tells us to continue into i want to add on to like the part where we are talking about how blaming god goes because i feel like a lot of people lose focus that he created each and every one of us with our unique uh glory and purpose Mm -hmm. and that he created and laid out our life before we were even Porn. Right. right, absolutely. And I feel like a lot of people lose focus about of that when they blame him. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's a good point, Hannah, because statistically, and, and it's a proven fact, more and more people every year try to find purpose for their life. Mm-hmm. They're like, what am I even here for? Well, you're here because God puts you here. Right. <laughs> every person alive has a purpose yes has a god-given purpose but we can't fulfill that purpose until we first come to know christ right so it's getting dark here in the park i know i can almost not see you guys (laughs) (laughs) i have to get a flashlight i know uh it's been a great uh great afternoon great evening um been a great day in the park we will do this again yes we will podcast from the park yes again um thanks for coming out today um this message i mean we could sit here and talk until seven o'clock tomorrow morning right right all night (laughs) and and still not even scratch the surface but there's a lot but we just wanted to share this today about what what was easter about right you know hopefully it um Hopefully it give uh, give you food for thought, and hopefully it touched someone's uh, life that you will you know what what the resurrection is. You know why it was there, and just know that God loves you. He proved His love on the cross. Eternal life is there for everyone if you come to Him and ask for Him for forgiveness and follow Him. I'm going to pray and we will close out 
And we will wrap up from the park. Sorry, my phone's like. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no dogs barking now. Dog park's pretty empty. Um, the it's birds, closed. it's dark, so the birds have, I think, pretty much quit chirping. <laughs> <laughs> They're tired. <laughs> so, um, thanks again for coming out. And um, we'll be back at you again next week. I'm going to pray. And uh, thank you, ladies. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Hannah. I'm glad we're here together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to share this time with you. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. God, thank you once again for, for the message that you've given us to share. Lord, that your words were spoken here. Uh, we pray that it wasn't our words, um, that only words come from you. Father, we pray for each and every one listening, that if they don't know the Son, Jesus Christ, that, uh, that you would convict their hearts, Lord God, and, and turn, let them turn and understand and follow Christ as their Savior. Lord, we thank you. We give you all the glory. We do this for, for your glory. We do it for your honor. And we're just humbled that you give us the ability and the chance to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of Breaking Chains. Be sure to head on over to our website at breakingchains.me, that's breakingchains.me, and see all the good things that's going on over there. If you need prayer, you can submit your prayer request over there as well. And if you haven't done so, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and daily devotions so that you can receive everything that the Lord gives us to share with you. Until the next time, God bless us all with the strength to break those chains.